It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this is Raven News. Cruise ships are now returning to Alaska for the first full-length season since the pandemic. It's a relief for coastal port economies whose visitor sector has struggled. But more ships also means more pollution, either to the air, the water, or both from these large ships. Coast Alaska has been investigating the impact of scrubbers, air pollution control systems that allow large ships to save money by burning cheaper, dirtier fuels. And as Jacob Bresnick reports, the EPA has granted special waivers for Carnival-owned ships to exceed the normal water pollution standards for its scrubbers operating in Alaska waters. Let's go back in time. It's summer 2019, and Huna's icy strait is abuzz with cruise ships. Holland America Line's Amsterdam is tied up in the early morning. A video shot from the deck captures a churning and bubbling of water spewing from the ship's starboard side. By 7 a.m., a sea lion appears and swims through the oily water. Former ocean ranger Robert Laco wasn't there that day but he says he saw this kind of thing all the time. If they were running their open-loop scrubbers in port, you could see a sheen, a black, like soot-like sheen on the side of the ship where the discharge was coming out. The open-loop scrubbers he's referring to are an anti-pollution device installed by the shipping industry to allow it to burn cheaper, dirtier fuels. Technically called an exhaust gas cleaning system, it uses seawater to scrub the sulfur from the engine's exhaust. The International Maritime Organization has mandated lower sulfur emissions in the atmosphere, which regulators say is harmful to human health and is a major driver of acid rain. The Ocean Ranger that day logged a report with state regulators. It sat in a file until turned over in a records request to Coast Alaska that included this June 2019 video, which said the sheen was likely generated by the Amsterdam scrubbers. Carnival Corporation and its subsidiaries, like Holland America, first installed these systems in 2014. Laco was an ocean ranger for eight seasons. He says he and others were concerned when scrubbers first appeared. We're supposed to report any pollution incident we see or any safety incident we see, which when I was on the ships, I would tell them that I'm going to report this because it's my job and and it's a pollution to me. And They've said their scrubbers are all in compliance and blah, blah, blah. Some scrubbers run a closed-loop system. Its wash water is filtered, leaving a thick sludge that's landfilled on dry ground as solid waste. To me, that's showing you right there that the ships that don't have the closed-loop systems, they're just putting that stuff right out and taking it out of the air and putting it in the water. States lost much of their authority to regulate scrubber discharge through an act of Congress. Alaska's delegation were champions of legislation called the Vessel Incidental Discharge Act, or VITA. What we really set out to do with VITA was, was to address the, the incidental discharge off of fishing vessels. That's where we started. That's Senator Lisa Murkowski speaking in a 2019 interview. She says commercial fishermen were being threatened with federal fines for hosing off their decks. That's not what was intended. And so uh, when we look to, to, the, to the purpose of what the vessel incidental discharge was all about, it was to make sure that discharges that are incidental to the operation you're not penalized for. But regulators in some states say the 2018 law's definition of incidental is having far-reaching consequences. Washington State Department of Ecology's Amy Jankowiak says her agency has done its own research into scrubber discharges. Not only were they acidic, it found a host of contaminants. 
polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons or PAHs were significantly high and um, toxics, including some metals, arsenic, cadmium, copper, nickel, selenium, zinc, all were higher than our water quality um, criteria. In Alaska, state regulators have largely been silent on scrubbers. It's not for lack of data. Ocean rangers routinely monitored scrubber performance. Between 2017 and 2019, they collectively logged at least 80 oily sheens and referred them to state regulators for enforcement. No action was taken. Governor Mike Dunleavy has since shut down the Ocean Ranger program. He vetoed the money from cruise ship passengers that funded it. His administration has been hostile to the monitors. Here's DEC Commissioner Jason Bruni on a state-sponsored podcast last November. Most of these Ocean Rangers were not even Alaskans. They were retired marine engineers from the lower 48 that were getting a free vacation on these cruise ships. We wanted Alaska DEC staff to be the ones that were doing the inspections, that were regulating these ships. And that's what we plan, that's what we did, and that's what we plan to do in the future. The industry insists scrubbers are safe and effective. Donald Gregory heads the Exhaust Gas Cleaning Systems Association, which represents manufacturers. He predicts one day that all large ships will be outfitted with the technology. But it won't be fitted to remove the sulfur dioxide necessarily. It'll be fitted to take out black carbon and to take out some of these other compounds. And, and that's where the real, real benefits will be. That would also allow the shipping industry to delay switching to cleaner, more expensive alternatives to fossil fuels. Coast Alaska repeatedly asked Cruise Lines International Association for its representatives to give an interview about scrubbers. CLIA reps declined, but forwarded several studies commissioned by the industry that point to their advantages. But the topic does come up in public forums. Here's CLIA executive Brian Salerno during an appearance last year on Wrangell Public Radio Station KSDK's Talk on the Rock. They do meet all the international standards. They meet the EPA standards uh, for the U.S. Uh, there have been quite a few tests on them, you know, particularly with the wash water. CLIA's publicity says more than three-quarters of the large cruise ship fleet are now equipped with scrubbers. In court filings, Carnival Corporation says its five cruise lines spent at least a half billion dollars on scrubber technology. So why the huge investment? It says to cut costs in the long run. Carnival reported to the EPA that switching its vessels in Alaska to cleaner burning marine gas oil would be too expensive. At 2019 prices, it says burning lower sulfur fuels would increase a ship's fuel bill by an extra $150,000 a week. Jim Gamble, Pacific Environment's Arctic Program Director, is pushing for a ban on heavy fuel oil in Alaska waters and, by extension, scrubbers. A company like Carnival can easily afford to come into uh, Alaskan waters and follow every regulation. Carnival has received special permission for its open-loop scrubbers to exceed pollution rules in Alaska waters. That's according to waivers obtained through a Freedom of Information request. The EPA has greenlit discharging scrubber wash water that's two and sometimes three times as acidic as normally permitted. This is super troubling because, you know, if you're an operator like Carnival, who's coming to Alaska specifically to show people the beauty and the grandeur and sort of the untouched nature of the environment that, they're, that, you know, that, that, that people come to Alaska to see, and then you're asking you know, for permission to dump more hazardous chemicals in the water than the regulations allow, that's a disconnect. Scrubber discharges aren't always obvious, but critics say the volumes are significant. Some estimates say they churn out around 475,000 gallons every hour. And cruise ships may avoid extra scrutiny by not running them in port, where the sheens are more visible, 
but since last year, there have been no Ocean Rangers on board to watch and record them. For Coast Alaska, I'm Jacob Resnick. Kodiak Island had the most cases of paralytic shellfish poisoning in the state. That's according to an April report by state health authorities. The state's latest data dump provides a wide-ranging look at paralytic shellfish poisoning in Alaska over the last nearly 30 years. KMXT's Kirsten Dobroth reports. Paralytic shellfish poisoning is an illness caused by a marine toxin that's spread by harmful algal blooms. It's serious, sometimes fatal, and most commonly found in butter clams and blue mussels. And according to the latest data from the State Department of Health and Social Services, it started to become more common year-round and not just in warmer months. Andy Wall is the environmental coordinator at the Kodiak Area Native Association, a tribal health nonprofit. She says commercially harvested shellfish has to be tested for PSP toxins before it can be sold to customers. But there's no state testing program for subsistence harvest. Subsistence being the more casual and traditional gathering by Alaskans in coastal communities. Statewide, more than half of PSP cases were among Alaska natives. Wall says the gap in subsistence testing is a big deal in coastal communities across the state, including Kodiak, where digging clams is a popular sunny day pastime and an important food source. Shellfish are an important subsistence resource to a lot of people around the state. And to just say don't collect shellfish, don't harvest shellfish, it's not feasible. Canna was awarded a federal grant back in 2018 to monitor beaches on Kodiak Island for high levels of toxins, and the public could send in locally harvested clams and mussels to the organization as part of the program. Canna would ship the samples to the Southeast Alaska Tribal Ocean Research, known as CTOR in Sitka, for testing free of charge, and they let people know if their shellfish was safe to eat based on the levels of toxins detected. But the program's funding ran out at the end of last year, and Canna hasn't been able to restart testing since then. Senator Lisa Murkowski's office announced in March that federal stopgap funds were included in the omnibus spending package to jumpstart the program. Canna won't receive the funds and be able to start testing again until September. Meanwhile, the latest state data also showed a decline in reported cases of PSP across Alaska over the last four years. Wall says that might not paint a full picture of what's going on. The question there is, is that from people not eating it? Is that from people losing this important resource or is that from increased testing? I don't know the answer to that. I hope one day it'll be eventually the increased testing. Subsistence harvesters on Kodiak Island can still send their local shellfish to Tour for $75. Alaska's Department of Environmental Conservation also provides testing for a fee. In Kodiak, I'm Kirsten Dobrath. And for full disclosure, KANA's Andy Wall is related to KMXT's general manager. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.